0: to On the Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On the Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer.
1: We've got a little bit of a change. We've started a new year. You know, we're going to to go through the whole new year, new me thing with the podcast. And to that end, I've got Paul Bergeni with me at the moment, sitting quietly on the other end of the line up in beautiful Queensland uh, to do the news with me. Andy is going to be continuing to do the country music part or the music part of the show that we've got used to him doing. He's really had to step away from doing the news. It takes way too much of his time. And, you know, I appreciate he's basically done it for a, a year longer. When I went back to him, uh, you know, when I fired Yogi, I <laughs> had to go back and, and get, uh, get Andy to come back and help us out. And it's not true. I didn't fire Yogi at all. Yogi just, is just time poor like the rest of us and just all over the place. And with the fantastic phone service you have in WA, we just simply couldn't make it work. It just did not work. So here we are. Paul's up in Queensland. I'm here. We're going to do the news together. A little bit of a, a, a monologue at the moment. As you know, you've been used to listening to me do this at the start of the show. I'll go off and I'll have a bit of a rant about something. We're not really going to do that today. What I'm going to do is talk about the changes to the show and what we've got coming up over the new year. So I've already covered off that Paul is going to be doing the news with us. Paul has got a long history, which I'm sure you're all aware of now. He's been doing the news with Andy for a little while. And. Uh, you know, he's got a wealth of experience and, and understanding of what's going on. Paul has joined the, the team uh, at On the Road Media and is going to be doing more stuff with us throughout the year, and you'll all find out about that in due course. He's got an experience in publishing, he's got experience in trucking, got experience in life, and I believe fine wine and music and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to be uh, taking advantage of all of those bits of knowledge. From Paul. Now, the format of the news, I don't do a dad joke. I just just don't do it. Andy's always been the guy that has been, for the want of a better description, he's been my straight man. He's been the one that set things up and uh, makes me look good. So now you're going to find out how deficient I am, I suppose, because uh, Paul and I are sort of standing on an equal footing and I'm going to be basically working off that. So we've got four stories we're going to look at in the news today. Uh, We've a heap of stuff we're not going to talk about, because to be perfectly honest, I think we should talk about a little bit and say what we're not talking about and why we're not talking about it. We're not talking about the, uh, about the uh, Scania leading the sales records, because to be perfectly honest with you, I don't care that Scania's leading the sales records. Mineral Resources has delivered a road train for autonomous conversion. Well, they've been doing that old thing up there for a little while. We're not going to talk too much about that either renault who's got an all-electric research truck. Gee, why are we not amazed? We're not going to talk about that. The NHVR have been issuing reminders on overhyped vehicles, or they've been doing that for a while. You know, and We all talk about you know, how you know, size matters and things. Queensland Rail have been sponsoring the show, and we've been doing that safety promotion with them. So you know, size does matter. Know your truck and height. And we're going to talk about a few other things. Over Christmas, of course, we know what BP and Healthy Heads did with uh, Meals for Truckies. Thanks very much to BP for doing that. Uh, there's been some contracts issued for the Eastern Freeway, the M80 Ring Road uh, upgrades in Melbourne. Not gonna talk about that. It's just gonna be another however long traffic jam, buggering up the traffic. Well done, Victorian uh, Government for that. Uh, maybe they'll actually build it rather this time rather than paying for a bit of road that they don't build. So we're gonna, have. Th- Throw over to Paul. We're going to have a bit of a talk. We're going to get started on this news thing, and we'll see how we go. We're going to fine-tune it as we go. As as always, if you've got anything to say, you can email me. Uh, Probably the best email to get me on these days is editor at truckandlife.net.au. You can get me there and ring me up. Everyone knows my phone number. It's on the Truck and Life webpage. You'll get through to me, and we'll have a talk. If you've got anything to say, please feel free to say it. This show's about what you want to hear uh, and that sort of thing. Andy will be back in at the back end of the show with the uh, with the music segment and Bob's still with us with something to talk about. There we go. Paul, welcome to the show, mate, after all that.
2: Season's greetings, Mike. Season's greetings. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy upcoming new year. Oh, Indeed. It, looks, it looks like it's
1: going to continue to be a little bit weird weather-wise. And it looks like it's going to be a little bit weird traffic-wise as well, mate. Have you noticed that there's been a? It just seems very, very busy lately.
2: Um, well, weather-wise, absolutely. The southeast Queensland corner we've been just just lashed by crazy, crazy storms. Um, we've been very lucky here at at home in the valley. We've we've seen them. They've gone over. We've got some amazing rain. Lots of wind, but very little damage apart from one big tree down. But gee whiz, um, just to the south of us, there was a corridor. Mike, the storm went went through Boonabo Desert, across Logan, Jimboomba, uh, Mount Tambourine, and then across to the Gold Coast. And the damage is just extraordinary. Um,
0: power poles,
2: you know, snapped off at ground level. Um, poor people losing their houses. Uh, just, just, yeah, just dreadful stuff. Mm. Um traffic wives once yeah, we're, we're fortunate that we haven't really left the farm, so I can't I can't comment on the traffic I'm afraid. <laughs> and that's that's a joyful thing in my world. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, indeed. It's really so, quite incredible. There's been uh, there was a shocking, shocking multiple car accident down your way, wasn't there? Just outside of Sydney, I believe, yesterday or the oh, day before. Terrible. Was,
1: uh, yeah, five cars terrible. and several people lost their lives.
2: Mm, it is unfortunate.
1: Terrible. I've seen some horrific dash cam footage mm. over the last you know several days people doing some absolutely brain dead things you would think that you know it's like looking at a screen on a on a you know GT race of bloody four video mm. and, you know grand theft auto or something you know it's mm. the sort of things that people think they can do in their cars and get away with it's ridiculous I saw one where a car's cut up the inside of a, a of a truck that's overtaking another truck and the truck in the in the it's an american video the truck in the right-hand lane is going slow they're obviously on a bit of an incline and he's just got the speed completely wrong and he's just cleaned up the back left-hand corner of the the trailer and torn his car in half basically
2: Mm. all Mm. for the
1: sake of saving a few seconds maybe if he got through didn't get through got it wrong
2: it's it's, it, it's it's quite fascinating, isn't it? You know the psychology behind it, and I've all I've always sort of had that wish to have some, you know, a, a, I guess a psychology degree to get into the psychic of drivers' mm-hmm. minds. And you know the silly, you know, well, why do why do they turn even more crazy at Christmas? What what is that? I, don't I, know. Just, I just don't understand what don't it know. is. I don't know. It, like you say, the 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 madness of. Um, You know the madness of their behaviour. Is it because everyone's I don't know. They just need to slow down, calm down. Like I don't. Everyone's got to be everywhere in five
1: seconds flat, and Mm. the the level of impatience and the aggression. It's extraordinary, Uh, isn't it? It is extraordinary. I saw a video there earlier on, just before we started talking. um, A heap of motorcycle riders in the states. Uh, Apparently, the guy driving along in his Range Rover with his wife and his his kids in the Range Rover and everything, and a group of bikes, like over 100 motorcycles by the look of the video, mm. and they're ducking and weaving and carry on. Anyway, one of these bikies thought that uh, this bloke in the Range Rover got a little bit close to him. The fact that he cut him off has got nothing to do with it, right? Mm. Um, and beside uh, the brake checking, him, and he, he accidentally nudged the back wheel of this this motorcycle. And of course, the, the bloke on the bike fell off, and, of, and it, all the bikies went nuts. And they Mm. surrounded him and started to to give him a hard time. So he did what he would do. He did what I would do. He bloody floored it in the four-wheel drive and tried to get away, right? Mm.
3: Mm. You're
1: never going to outrun a motorcycle in city traffic. It's not going to happen. Anyway, they caught up to him, surrounded him. Uh, One of the bike riders got off his motorcycle. Turned out he was an undercover policeman, for God's sake. Mm. Smashed Mm. this guy's window in with his helmet, and they dragged him out and beat the living daylights out of him. I don't understand.
2: So we're, cra- we're crazy. So much for Christmas
1: cheer. So much for Christmas cheer. <clears> throat> anyway, throat> but a better look at some stories from Australia. I suppose we've got uh, four stories here. We're going to talk about a little bit, maybe, mate. Where where would you like to go first? You can start if you want to. What have we got? Well, oh,
2: <laughs> this is this is this is a uh, a morbidly fascinating one. Um, <laughs> Iveco was set to test autonomous driving technology, and uh, when I when I first seen that, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought, oh, that'll be um, obviously overseas. Yeah, turns it's out not. it's not. <laughs> not. Like, I I just I I don't I don't know what what to make of this autonomous uh, you know the driverless trucks and cars I it's a bit like the electric truck world mm. it's coming it's here there's no point jumping up and down and 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 protesting saying we don't want it I uh, I just I just don't I don't
1: know how I feel about autonomous vehicles on the road. I just, I don't know. I know how I feel about it, mate. I'm in no doubt about how I feel about it at all. I've I've got two of their latest S-Way 550 Prime Movers. mm, They're going to factory mm. fit them with the latest autonomous driving technology. They're going to integrate some smart motorway infrastructure so that enhances the perception and the awareness and the capabilities of these autonomous trucks. And they're gonna have a carrying capacity up to forty three tons. What could possibly go wrong? We can't even keep our Bluetooth connected.
2: What I, could possibly go wrong? I, I just have I just have I'm, I'm I'm afraid I have nothing but dread when when I read these stories and, yeah. and and have you know and and again look let's 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 face the reality the total honesty and that's what mm. truck and life and on the road and media is about and, yep. and I'm and I'm that's why I'm so proud to be part of it because we're about honesty and the and the real honesty is as long as human beings are in control of a motor vehicle whether it's a, a motorcycle truck car ocean line or whatever there there are going to be mishaps mm. I'm sorry but that is just the reality of it and we can you know, we can we can put all these things into place to reduce the road toll, and we all agree no one no one should should be injured or, or pass away as the result of a of a, you know road accident. But it's just it's just I think it's part of you know part of our world. But then to take that out altogether and okay to have an autonomous car, but an autonomous truck on the road that, like you say, we can't even keep our Bluetooth going. The carnage that this could possibly bring on is, is it just I, I have nothing but dread um, yep. look they're saying that the, the vehicle will be equipped with advanced light detection and ranging radar mm. and camera sensors plus autonomous driving software that can ta- can detect and precisely track objects and predict their movement yep. and then safely maneuver the vehicle now my, you know, our our valley, the valley we call the Valley Road here, which is from Mulgawi back into the Warrigo Highway, is 21 kilometres of rural road. And when it's dry Mike you know the amount of the men of kangaroos that cross your path in a split second and that that decision to um, that decision to break or, or to you know obviously to swerve to miss an animal is a bad bad idea but the, the ability to break and try and miss them and not head into oncoming traffic I just I just don't know how this is all going to work how, how, in Australia
1: how does it work? I mean, the other I, part about it too. I, I drove one of those Actros trucks when they first come out. You know the ones with the cameras for mirrors and antenna mirrors, yeah. and with yeah. all the terrain sensing GPS systems in it that you know give you the control the throttle and great for the fuel economy and the and the yeah. uh, you know self adjusting uh, distance from the next vehicle. Uh, what do they call it? Autonomous. Um, Cruise control, and that's active mm, cruise control. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you know, yada yada. I drove it. I drove it uh, for a couple of days. That truck. Uh, mm. I drove a demonstrator one, and I drove one at actual work conditions for a little while, and uh, amazed me. I actually made a video uh, about taking it out onto the M seven down off the Western Highway, and the thing can detect everything, and it's all great. You know what I did find out about that truck while I was driving it on the highway? I am fascinated to know, actually. Got got a bug smacked right in the middle of the sensor. And it decided that we were having an accident. (laughs) There you go. And um, so it applied the brakes rapidly without warning uh, to me or the guy who was traveling along behind me. Mm. And uh, now I am not saying that this would be a feature of it. Uh, It's Mm. definitely a bug, no pun intended.
2: Mm, But these
1: mm. are the sort of random things that happen on the highway. No human driver is going to slam the brakes on because he hit a bug in the middle of the sensor. That's not
2: going to happen. I have to say it was like yesterday for me and I was only 18 driving for dad but I remember going through a swarm of bees around mm. the Horsham area yeah and it was it was you know decades ago now but it was like it was yesterday and the whole front I was driving his uh, I was driving one of his road commanders at that stage and the whole front of the truck was just a wall of honeybees it was, mm. it was a, like I guess a random swar- swarm and mm. again, what, what will, yeah, what, what would happen there? I, right? and, and then if the vehicle does, I don't know, if the vehicle shuts down in safety, okay, that's, that's okay. But on a, one of our wonderful dual lane <laughs> rural roads where there's uh, no fog line, mm. the truck stops and puts the four ways on. Okay, that's great. And then, so then does a, a staff member from Melbourne getting the car and drive out there. there there's oh, so knows. many unanswered questions, Mike. But they're talking just about these things. You'll just well, no. no I, can hear,
1: I can hear the answer to that now. That objection. They're, oh no, you can't talk about that. That's a, that's a straw man argument. These things are only going to run up and down the U.M. Highway. Mm. You know, yeah, right. and we'll have service things along the way and all that. You know what I reckon this is all really about? They don't want to pay drivers what drivers want to be paid. Or what drivers deserve to be paid? <laughs> yes. yeah. And I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. Yep. Right, I, yep. I suppose we should leave it there. But my my thing about autonomous trucks, the same as my thing about autonomous driving cars, um, I, it's a no from Concerned. me.
3: It's a, just a no, a no from me. No from
1: me. No um, from me. Yeah, yes. You'll always need, I mean, who's going to do all the unpaid work? Who are the cops going to find? I mean, gee, they'll have to go further up the food chain, won't they? Who are
2: they going to find, Mike? <laughs> right
1: oh, um, hey, mate. Let's leave that one alone. What, what do you want to do now? Let's. you, you want to do the one about the uh, access granted for PBS vehicles, or do you want to leave that for last and have a real no, chill on it? What do you want to look, do there? Let's,
2: let's rip into that one. That's a quite an interesting one as well. Yes. All
1: right. <laughs> Temporary access granted for PBS Level 2B vehicles on the Kennedy Highway. Mate, what could possibly go wrong?
2: Oh my goodness gracious me! Do the do the people that have, the people that grant these access permits have they actually ever been up the Palmerston Highway, up and down, up and down that uh, that road to Mareeba and the the Tablelands? Because it's so. it's it's a worry enough that road in a single. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is for just for a temporary period. It's amazing me what you can do temporarily when circumstances demand you know we can we can do all mm. sorts of things we can let trucks that would never normally be allowed to operate on a road operate on a road simply because the expediency means that it needs to happen just goes to show how important trucking is to our community as we've already said you know everything everything that you know comes and goes by truck you know without trucks australia stops etc etc but we can have a bit of a temporary temporary thing now No one denies that the infrastructure damage up in North Queensland as a result of Cyclone Jasper and other cyclones that have happened historically, they get flogged up there. And the amount of of time it takes us to fix anything is ridiculous because we're going to stand around for two weeks admiring the problem first. I mean, the answer is always we're going to dig it up and replace it and put it back. And then mm. of course we have got to tender it out to see who'll do it the cheapest rather than build it to a standard and make sure it's right we seem to do that very well so uh applications are going to be accepted for the route from mount garnet to walkerman vehicle uh, site inspection site there uh, for the highway uh, for the kennedy highway east evelyn road uh, miller miller malanda road marks lane tineroo falls dam road Tolga kiari road and the kennedy highway if you want a permit for that and you've got a PBS vehicle, you need to go to the NHVR portal and mm. have a bit of a look. There's a whole swag of operating conditions. We're not going to go through all of that now. But for me, uh, you, know, you look at the level of devastation up there on some of the roads, it is going to take a while to fix. And it's going to take, I suppose, a little bit of creativity to get things done. And I'm not sure letting bigger trucks on roads that aren't any better is a safe or a good option. That's just my opinion, well, of course.
2: Well, my my concern there is, I, I've, uh, as a North Queensland runner for, for 25 years, we used to basically call that whole road the Lind Road, because yep. it runs through Lindhurst. Now, I, I'll h- hand on my heart and honesty here, it has been a long time since I have used that road. Yep. Um, in, in running single fridge fans up there, we used to use that road a bit when the road would be um, flooded around that Ingham cargo area, always going underwater. Mm. Um, the last time I was on that road, it was diabolical. It was There was single-lane bitumen basically leaving Charters or and Charters Towers area running up to the lind. It was single-lane bitumen. The shoulders were typical Queensland rural road. The shoulders were, you know, six, seven, eight inches high. Yeah. Single lane off into the dirt. Now, I don't, know, I, I don't know if that road is sealed or not, but I do remember, you know, coming in contact with, and, and let's, let's focus on this for a moment. I do remember coming in contact with, with uh, tourists, you know, four-wheel drive caravan camper vans on that road because they're doing the same thing, trying to get out of the north after the cyclone, the floods, and, and running into them with a single van was a handful enough. In, in a with a you know i consider myself pretty handy with a funeral experienced driver um i just don't know how that's going to go with the road trains running into tourists up and down that road yep. and let's face it now mike is is um you know there's there's more inexperienced i feel more inexperienced road train drivers now than there ever was oh yeah yep. they, they can call them a pbs whatever you know whatever it is they want to label them it's a prime mover it's a trailer it's a dolly it's a trailer it it, it is a bloody road train i don't yeah. care what you call it it is a road train yeah. and and i i agree i i don't know if ladding bigger bigger uh combinations on that road mixing it with the tourists unless there's been a huge upgrade to that road which i doubt very much mm. i i don't Think that's going to end well somehow. Let, let's yeah. hope it doesn't end in an injury. That's or, all. I'm or, something or something oh, no. worse. I
1: we, know. Well, let's let's move on. Let's talk about what Ampol have done on the M1, shall we? Between oh. uh, Sydney and, <laughs> and Newcastle. <laughs> bless them. <laughs> oh now, God, bless them.
2: I did them. a bit of research on Ampol just quickly before we go into this, Mike. so right. their, share, their share price today on the Australian Stock Exchange. Is an extraordinary thirty six dollars and fifteen cents, and which is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and that is up from twenty seven dollars and fifty cents in February this year. So Ampol have have made huge profits this year in their in their. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they report their uh, end of financial year findings. Right. But last year, to the end of twenty twenty two, Ampol Australia's profit. They reported a profit of seven hundred and twenty-three point three million dollars. Right, eh? So, so putting a bit of money back into toilets and showers is probably not a bad idea, considering when you when you read those profits.
1: Well, it's not a lot of money, considering when you when you consider what they've got invested, though. I suppose. I suppose. I, suppose. I don't know. Maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm being charitable. They're not. down there They're. They're a business. They're not a charity. I get that. So. Indeed.
2: But uh, although poor old drivers still can't get a hot shower, yeah,
1: well, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a bit of a reason for that. Someone flogged the copper connectors, mate.
2: Oh, Mike, what's what's wrong with people? Where, where is people? Where is people's decency gone? I just oh. where 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 is it going? Where is the responsibility and decency of people? Yeah, I don't know. So you wanted to get a hot shower there.
1: They put in some temporary shower and toilet blocks and things like that and tried to do the best for things. Someone flogged the copper connectors from the gas bottles.
2: Goodness it's me.
1: Unbelievable, isn't it? That people would, what, what? It's like people going and flogging shower heads out of showers. Can you not go and pay 20 bucks for a shower head at more out of 10? Jesus, really?
2: You know? I'm going. I'm going to put my faith in the transport industry here and hope, hope, hope that it wasn't someone from our industry that's knocked the copper piping off. And more than well, that's, you know, I would suggest it's more than likely some low life that's stealing it to sell money for his uh, his, oh, his who crystal knows? meth, crystal meth habit. But oh, again, yeah. I just, yeah. I just don't know.
1: You may well be drawing a long bow there. But I mean, let's face it. The M1 north and southbound those those roadhouses were a bit of a bit of a dog's breakfast. They have been for a while, and they certainly, you know, having having gone in to have a look at the showers there on the southbound side one day because I needed a shower. I'm not convinced I was cleaner when I got out of the shower than when I got into it. So let's hope they maintain those facilities a little bit better than they did, and uh, you know, at least. You do have to say one thing for Ampole. They are putting a bit of money into the uh, into the roadhouses these days. The ones at Pheasant's Nest, I've been in and had a look at one of those. The uh, the, the southbound one I've called in and had a bit of a look at in there. Of course, the truck they've, they've done a little bit of a thing there where they've segregated the truck and the car parking. They've made it harder for the cars and the caravans to get into the truck parking because okay. they sort of direct them a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, the truck parking is... Uh, you know, a, an easy 10-minute walk from the roadhouse, you know, so, wow. uh, you know, the furthest the furthest away uh, truck parks are, a, you know, a reasonable walk back, I mean, I know some of us could stand a bit of a walk, but on, at other times, you know, you want to call in, grab a drink, grab a sandwich or whatever and get going, you don't have time for a 10-minute walk, you've got a 15-minute break for God's sake.
2: Well, you and know. particularly particularly when it's two degrees and it's one o'clock in the morning or freezing cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. freezing cold, yeah. pouring rain. Of course, um, I see, I see. Ampol of they're doing the national uh, yeah upgrade of 380 sites across Australia, which yeah. is yeah, which is, which is great. I just wish, Mike, I just wish that it didn't have to get to this. Again, you know, they, 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 you know, we get these, these, mate. We used to have these amazing roadhouses with clean toilets and yeah. showers and a, and a sit-down dining room, you yeah. know, and, and and a decent feed. And then it, it drops off. We, uh, we, we, on a cruising trip to Sydney uh, earlier this year, we stopped in at the Shell at. Um, at uh, Halfway Creek, yep, which which used to be that amazing old school family run BP on the same site. It was awesome. That, it was awesome with a dedicated drivers' room and uh, and fantastic meals. Yeah. Um, all I've got to say, Mike, publicly is shame. Shame on you, Shell. Shame <laughs> on you, Shell and Coles Express. That site is a bloody disgrace. <laughs> it is a bloody disgrace. I don't
1: even bother going there anymore, mate. When I was growing it, it up, is, it never
2: filthy dirty like inside out grotty litter the the showers and toilets are just oh my god you just i just don't understand yeah i mean up to a
1: point you can you i mean you can you can blame the side operators for a little bit of that but god there are some pigs
2: I mean, oh, Would they behave got- that
1: way at home
2: Oh, and I and I've heard you previously on some of the older shows. You know, like like grow, grow up, people. Yeah. Where, where the hell is your respect? You know, if you, and it's the chicken and the egg, Mike, isn't it? You know, if 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 a person walks into a you know clean area or in a clean truck stop or roadhouse and then leaves garbage behind, you know, shame on them. That's disgusting behaviour, but. I guess how do we break that cycle? Because mm. it is more often than not now these facilities for the transport industry and the road going public. More often than not, these facilities are just deplorable, yeah. and and it, it it makes me a bit sad actually, and very angry. Well,
1: very angry. Bob has sent me the recording for something to talk about. We don't want to. I don't want to steal his thunder, but he talks about roadhouses in France, and okay. and and comes back to talk about the. Uh, Lady truck driver and her experience about not being able to get a feed anywhere. That's in something to talk about later in the show. So we'll leave that one there. Really, don't right. want to don't want to steal Bob's thunder. No, uh, definitely don't it, want to do that. Don't do yeah. that because we'll we'll both be told off if we if we steal too much of Bob's thunder. But look forward to that Indeed. in something to talk about. It is because it is Indeed. something to talk about. Roadhouses and the facilities and the services on the road as a long distance driver. Something I'm very very interested in. And uh, you know there are dedicated Facebook pages. To uh, to the roadhouses and reviews and things like that, and you know clearly we'll be doing some more of that down the track. Make the last story the one we're going to dig into, and get our teeth in. And we've been going for nearly thirty minutes; it's unreal. Um, I, I don't know Andy Andy'd be beside himself now because we've gone over twenty minutes. It'd be I can just hear him now saying, "Well, you guys just get on with it." <laughs> oh dear, oh dear! This is this may be a problem down the track. Who knows? Transport ministers have approved a heavy vehicle reform package. Mate. Sigh. Big sigh. <laughs> big, big sigh. Big sigh. Australia's okay. transport ministers have agreed to an improved nationally consistent approach to the training and licence progression of heavy vehicle drivers that improves road safety and pro- productivity. They, they've sort of reached these changes through an agreement by the infrastructure and transport ministers meeting that they've recently had these changes apparently designed to increase the safety and job readiness of vehicle drivers. They can regulate all they like, but while they keep giving people licences that haven't learned to drive
2: in this country, we're going to have a problem. For each license upgrade, they're mm. saying Drive, mm. we will be able to choose a different pathway. That's a that's a new 21st century uh, um, the, the pathways, Michael. Like it's the very pathway. inclusive. I love pathways. It's very. I, I guess if we looked back in the 80s when I was learning to hook up prime movers under dad's trailers at the depot in grade seven as a 12-year-old. I guess that was a pathway to becoming an interstate truck driver, I suppose. Well, it probably was, yeah. If you want to use the modern language, it was, yeah. Mm, so it's going to allow drivers to gain higher license classes more rapidly. That's just what we need, isn't it? It's just what we need, yep. That's what we need. So let's let's not worry about the old days where you went to work somewhere and they said, yep, you start on the forklift, then you go to the body truck. yep. Then you'll go to a single-drive primary or a 36-foot flat top doing pick up and deliveries around town, and yep. then we'll try you on some
1: line haul. No, yep. Let's not do that. No, no, no. They've got the pathways in place, and they're going to be putting in, in some risk mitigation strategies to ensure that rapid progression can be undertaken safely.
2: Uh, I love that, risk mitigation strategies. What What is a risk mitigation strategy, Mike? What is that? Can you explain it to me? I, so I'd love to know. I, well, it's it's one of the, it's one of those great things where
1: you say to blokes, "Well, you know, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do." It's like a battle plan, right?
2: Right.
1: Okay. how how, how and how many battle plans survive contact with the enemy? <laughs> None. <laughs> so, oh look, wait, we really shouldn't laugh. This is dead set serious. These guys think that they are going to fix
2: everything with this little. They they call it a risk risk mitigation. And what they're saying, Mike, what they're saying is the changes will facilitate the delivery of a harmonised heavy vehicle training and assessment, strengthening driver competencies and improving licensing policies to fast track the job readiness, Mike. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked. (laughs) I really am
1: stoked that they're going to do all they, They... Go back and they're trying to draw all sorts of things into this out. This is a great idea. So we've got recent major incidents such as the uh, the bus crash in the Hunter Valley where all those people unfortunately lost their lives. That was a shocker. Was a shocker,
2: an absolute shocker. Was shocking, shocking
1: accident. But what yeah. the hell has that got to do with licensing? That's about driver behaviour and attitude. It's not about licensing. Correct. So attitude. I mean it's a, culture. It's about culture. culture. Mm. Now we we have situations. I mean, only yesterday, coming up the Yume, coming up towards Marool, and I am in the left hand lane. I am going to come round onto the waybridge at Marool, and like everyone knows, this is where you go. You've got to go in there, camera, camera only, you know, boom gate down, but you've still got to go through over the little waybridge pads and everything like that. They take your picture and do all the things that they normally do, only there is no officer there. Okay, guy coming out of the roundabout there near the thirty-one. Um, out onto the road B double powder tankers going slow you know the traffic is just streaming through there I'm in the left lane saw him coming out and I'm thinking I'm looking at it and you know you're driving along you're reading the traffic and I got pretty good at it I've been doing it for a while I'm thinking this guy's going to run out of road when I'm right beside him right Mm -hmm. and he's going slow he's doing probably 50 kilometres an hour less than me Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the right hand lane do you think the cars would let me into the right hand lane? No. Correct. Right? Correct. So we had a close call and I gave this bloke, I said, mate, you know, and he said, oh, I was on the brakes. Well, I've had a look at the dash cam footage. Bullshit, mate, mm. you weren't on the brakes. If, you, if you're listening to the show, you weren't on the brakes. I've seen the dash cam footage. And then when I said to you over the UHF, mate, that was a bit close, you decided to be a good idea, give me a mouthful of lip. This mm. is the sort of thing that happens. Um, I moved over the white line and leaned on a little white MG SUV beside me, and his answer to that was not to touch the brakes or speed up, but was to lean on the horn. Culture. And it's, it's this is all about, you know, we, we all need space. The NHVO, have been saying it for a while, hmm. all these things are all great. That message doesn't get through. And uh, I, I think that you can make all the regulations, make all the rules you like. If we let people with less experience drive bigger trucks, we are asking for
2: trouble. 100%. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's like
1: we're saying, well, let's make 4.6-metre taut line as general access. Oh. We are asking for trouble. Begging asking for, it, for it, Begging for it. They say, oh, you know, the stats have come down. Yeah, the stats have come down because the education level's better and you don't have every Tom, Dick, and Harry doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Every area of transport, in my view, just to get away from what these guys are saying, every area of transport, in my view, is a specialist thing. Absolutely. What I do with chemicals in bulk tankers is a specialist thing. You can't just go and do that. You need a level no. of training to do it safely. Any, you need yeah. anyone, can, anyone Anyone can drive a truck and shift some gears. You don't even have to do that these days if you've got a Volvo, and that's part of the problem. That's why we see these guys... You know, taking the safety ramps on the southeastern freeway, or not taking them because they're idiots. Couldn't you know, agree more. This sort of thing—you learned all this. Go down a, go down a hill, and the gear you go up it in. All yeah. this, all this stuff we learn. You and I both learned all this stuff because that was the way we were taught.
2: You were, now, t- you were taught a gradual learning. That's you, right. You you, 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 you took, you took the skill set in, Mike. You know, and, yeah. and um. You know, my, my dad, when, when I was, um, and, and this does, this this, this reflects directly on, on this idea and this news piece, when, when I was, you know, when I was offside and with, with dad as a kid, we're mm. coming into Brisbane, if, if we're coming into um, the Cunningham's Gap, we would stop on top of the gap on that yeah. pull-off area yeah. and he would get me, he would give me a wheel brace and a bar that's in the old spider days for the young ones that don't even know what they are. And he would go, go around and check all the wheel nuts. Now yeah. I thought, I thought it was, and I said, I'd say, dad, why are we doing that? And he said, well, you know, you don't, what you don't want is under heavy brakes. You don't want a, 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 a uh, uh, spider rim spinning, obviously, knocking off a valve stem, flat yeah. tire, da-da-da-da. Yeah. What I never realised, Mike, or what I didn't realise until years later is what he was actually doing was he was it wasn't really about the wheel nuts. He was teaching me to reset my brain yep. at the top of Cunningham's Gap to come down that hill. Yep, and give That's the truck a chance
1: to cool down and, and, and yes. be in its best shape to go down the hill. That's exactly and that's right.
2: what that's what he was teaching me was reset yeah. my brain. And mm-hmm. as as a competent you know adult driver, I wouldn't necessarily stop there anymore. But what it did was, when you come to the top of that range, yep. you, you you went right. I'm 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 at the top of the gap. Pick your gear, Jake's. Go down, think about it, da da da, and and absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I think these these automatic trucks that are doing supposedly doing more for the driver, mm. it's taking that that driver skill set out out of the equation, mm. and by these jokers, fast tracking and risk mitigating, and and none of, none of that's going to teach them to go down. A
1: bloody range loaded in the right gear. Yeah, well, well risk mitigation strategies are going to help rapid progression. They reckon that they're going to. The strategies include requiring driving experience. Well, that'd be good. Offering faster progression to those who have been mentored. Well, we all drive differently when the boss is sitting in the passenger seat,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, placing minimum training times. To me, minimum training times is problematic. We could go on, but we could go on and on about this. But I mean. Some people require more training than others. Let's face it. And just because Absolutely. you've done twenty five hours doing something doesn't make you competent. No. You know, in fact, it does I've, not. I've got I've seen blokes that are driving trucks now. They've been driving for years. Who probably shouldn't be. But yep. anyway, that's the thing. Osroads chief executive Jeff Allen uh, says that the support from the ministers and agencies has been greatly welcomed. We'll just steamroll this thing through right now. Um, the, The decision statement's been made. We're going to put all this together as far as legislation goes. And the bureaucrats will pat themselves on the back and say they've done a world of good. In my opinion, what they've done is a world of damage. There's enough. Mm-hmm. There's enough of stuff that needed reforming about drivers' license. I don't think giving them to people with less experience more quickly got anything to do with road safety. Personally, that's it is just not it. Not the answer. Not the answer. We've got to wrap it up, mate. We All really right, mate. do. Thanks for joining us uh, for the news, mate. We'll probably have to refine what we do a little bit, and uh, okay, mate. Hopefully, we'll get it. Hopefully, we'll we'll get it right down the track. Hopefully, the listeners will be happy and they won't be too angry with us.
2: Mm, and uh, next week we'll. Uh, how about next week we'll go through an events calendar because there's some amazing truck. Oh, events up do you want to do here. that quickly now? How long's that? What what's, What have oh, you got? Okay, look, it won't take long. Um, so let's uh, let's get going for uh, 2024. So right. uh, January 13 and 14. Yep. in Geelong is the Geelong Classic Truck and Machine uh, Machinery Show, which will be amazing. Uh, January 27 is the Corriett. The Croyd, no, Croyd, Croyd, get it right, mate. Croyd truck apologies. show. Apologies, I'm a Queenslander. Yeah. Um, well, well we're going to the be game. there for that. Are you? Yeah, the truck and life team are going to be at Croyd. Fantastic. Now, on that same weekend, for those of us that can't travel all that way, or those of you that are going to be up here in Queensland, is the Allora Heritage Weekend, which is between Toowoomba and uh, and Warwick right. at the Allora Showgrounds. That is a fantastic weekend up here. Unfortunately, it can get a little bit warm. But uh so there's lots of stuff going on that Australia Day long weekend. Yep. Um and then uh cruising into February at wolka on February seventeen and eighteen is the antique machinery and truck show at right. Walker in New South Wales on right. the coast. Yep. Um and we can uh we can touch we can go into February, March next week on the old, um, yeah, we'll keep going. Or, so, or later on in January even. Yeah, later on January, yeah. We can do so, it again. Lots of stuff coming up. Lots of stuff coming up, people. Mate, Um, well, you
1: have a safe and happy new year. And uh, I suppose you're going to go back and spray some weeds or something now, are you, mate? No,
2: I've done all my weed spraying, so I'm actually – my job today is continuing to paint the house. Lucky Paul. Lucky Paul. uh, now, what about you and the lovely Rose? Will you uh, will you see the new year in, or will you be like Amanda and I in bed at eight thirty? Well, I'd suggest that we probably will be in bed fairly. Early. I still
1: haven't decided when I'm going to wear to the lounge for New Year's Eve yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a young bloke, I used to get excited about it. Now I don't care. I couldn't. I honestly couldn't care less. To be honest, it's but, just yeah. another year, isn't it? It's just and, another, uh, trip sun, another trip around the sun, mate. Um, another trip around the sun, and uh, we'll be yeah, we'll be. I don't know, do what we do. I know I've got another trip to do down to Melbourne and back very shortly, and then I've got to go and see the cardiologist and get my fitness to drive renewed, which is going mm-hmm. to be so much okay. fun. I love
2: this time of the year. Okay. All right, well, uh, happy new year. We will talk in the new year. Safe travels to everyone, all our listeners. Yep. Uh, please stay safe out there. Get home to your families in one piece. And as I always say for the families that are are home, bless you all because you are you are part of the network that keeps everyone trucking and coming home. Right, catch you next bit.
1: week. Cheerio. See ya.
0: There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organization. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here's Andy's music Time Machine. Time Machine. Time Machine. Well, with most of our Aussie musos enjoying their well-earned break over the Christmas-New Year period, I've put together a special summer series of music segments featuring some of the best and yet little-known artists and bands from across the years. I was looking back through my records at all the great Aussie music acts from the 70s and 80s, arguably the heyday of Australian music. I mean, this was the era when we were inundated with world-class music coming from the likes of Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs, Daddy Cool, ACDC, Cold Chisel, the B.G.s, the Angels, Sherbet, Ice House, the Choir Boys, Skyhooks, Little River Band, In Australian Crawl, Mental as Anything, Air Supply, Doug Parkinson, Hush, Midnight Oil, Split-Ins, The Cockroaches, Rose Tattoo, The Saints, Airs Rock, and the list goes on and on and on. Overseas, in the USA, the UK and right across Europe, Aussie bands were achieving huge success and popularity, and rightly so. It seems every week old mate Molly Meldrum was introducing us to yet another great new Aussie band on Countdown. They just kept on coming. Now, as is always the way, when there's so much great music on offer, there were a number of brilliant acts who kind of just fell through the cracks and never quite became the household names that the others did. So in this series I'd like to introduce you to some of these bands who some will remember, some won't, but I'd like to give them the credit they deserve for the wonderful music they produced. To kick off the series, here's a band who were labelled as country rock, though I think that doesn't do them any justice as they produced everything from power rock anthems all the way through to some of the most beautiful rock ballads you'll ever hear. Before I go into the details, let's have a listen to this, probably their best known single released in August 1977 and a song that made the music world stand up and say, wow, who are these guys?
4: It's got you Yeah.
0: South Australia in 1975, the band was called Stars and initially featured Glynn Dowding on drums, Graham Thompson on bass, guitar virtuoso Malcolm Eastick and the incredible voice of Mick Peeling on lead vocals. Shortly after, they were joined by ex-Little River Band bassist Roger McLaughlin and the late great Andy Durant, the multi-talented songwriting, vocalist, guitarist and harmonica player, who tragically passed away from cancer at just 25 years of age in 1980. Although the band officially split up in 1979, a few months after Durant passed away, guitarist Mal Eastick pulled together a bunch of mates to create a tribute concert to honour the memory of Durant. The concert was recorded as both a double live album and also a full-length feature video, both of which were titled as the Andrew Durant Memorial Concert. Just some of the superstars who were involved with the concert were Jimmy Barnes, Renee Geyer, Ian Moss, Broderick Smith, Rick Formosa, Glenn Mason, Rick O'Connor and Don Walker. Most importantly, 100% of the revenue from the sales of the album and video went to the Andrew Durant Cancer Research Foundation. The original stars recorded just the two studio albums as a band, Paradise in 1977 and Land of Fortune in 1979 and they also released a live album titled eleven fifty seven in nineteen eighty however in twenty eighteen the band came together once more for a two-month nationwide tour and to release one last album titled boundary rider with original members z Peeling, and mclaughlin plus the addition of eric chess on drums stars released a stack of singles along the way pretty much all of which gained some level of success but the band's popularity and versatility was most evident with their live shows across the few short years they were together. One of the highlights of every show and a huge crowd favourite was their high-energy recreation of the monster Joe Walsh hit, Rocky Mountain Way. It featured brilliant solos from McLaughlin on bass, slide and talkbox guitar from Eastick, and the incredible vocals of both Mick Peeling and Andy Durant. It rocked and rolled and left the audiences spellbound. Let's finish up this week's segment with the live recording of Stars and Rocky Mountain Way.
4: guitar, please.
1: mate, gotcha go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about 2 k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We'd want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny though when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off
0: now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go after you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au.
5: Hi there, I had my dates and times a little bit uh, confused last week, I thought we had one more broadcast to go for Christmas, turned out my last broadcast was the uh, one before Christmas so I just hope you all had a peaceful and and, um, happy Christmas and for those of you that were on the road doing the Christmas market runs and that sort of thing, I hope you managed to find some time for a nice Christmas lunch and uh, I read where the BP Road houses. we uh, apart from a couple of exceptions. We're looking after the drivers on Christmas Day for Christmas lunch. So good on your BP and the other parties that were uh, um, helping sponsor it all. And I just hope it all worked out for everybody. Of course, with the new year coming and the festive season still underway, I just hope you're all being extra careful on the roads and uh, staying safe. Not the main subject today, but uh, I mentioned last week how I was a bit uh, annoyed that. Emails hadn't been replied to. Well, on the Friday before Christmas, I did get a reply to my third email to Bill McKinley at the uh, ATA. That's that's ongoing. I won't be talking about those things today. Um, I've uh, had a we've had a, 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 an email each way from me to him and him to me and back again. And uh, I'm awaiting further replies before we uh, roll the discussion on. But as uh, Mike said the other day, the discussion needs to be had. So we'll. Uh, We'll get into it when, uh, when the office is open and um, people have had time to uh, consider things. But in the meantime, I had an interesting uh, article come across my desk, come to my attention here a few weeks ago, and I thought, ah, oh, I'll sit on this. I'll just save it for a lighter-hearted moment. And of course, we don't want to be getting too serious. I know the new year's, and I wish everyone a happy new year. By the way, happy, safe, prosperous, and 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 uh, peaceful. Uh sadly that won't be happening in the Middle East for a little while yet. Anyway, uh as the old year rolls out and the new year rolls in, it's it's time to reflect and memories come flooding back and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, I thought well I'll hang on to this uh this article for when I want to just be a little bit um less serious, I suppose. It raises some interesting questions, so I'll share the article with you and then uh, I might sort of relate it back to uh, what goes on over this side of the world. The article came via the the BBC and I'll quote, The exceptional value of the friendly, no-nonsense, old-fashioned French eateries called Relais Routiers is assuring the survival of an almost century-old French tradition. With the surge of inflation over the last two years, only the last two, uh, quote, resuming, it has become prohibitively expensive for many people to eat in restaurants in France, especially traditional ones. But the nation's network of 700 relay routiers, or lorry truck driver's inns, which are also open to the general public, have made a real effort to keep prices low. They know the lure of the fast-food franchises will win if they don't. The exceptional value of these friendly, no-nonsense, old-fashioned French eateries is assuring the survival of an almost century-old French tradition. La Marmite, a routier 65 kilometres west of Paris near the A13 motorway, doesn't look like much. But there are several dozen lorries in its car park and if you're looking for value for money French cooking it is worth more than Star's. I take my place at the bar, order a a beer for €2.7 and notice that the server addresses me with the familiar term of you, usually reserved for children, family members and people you know well. Friendly is actually real number one of the Routier Charter. By By the third time you go to one of these roadside inns, the owner is supposed to be able to greet you by name. The Relay Routier story began in 1934 when an, art, an aristocrat and journalist named Francois de Salio was sent to write an article about what was a new profession in those days, lorry driving. Salyot accompanied a trucker on his drive down to Marseille. On the way, he discovered how hard life was for these men. No one seemed to have given any thought to their needs. Oh, we heard that before. As a result of that drive, the same year, de Salio. Created a newspaper targeting lorry drivers. France's answer to trucking life, I should imagine. In re- in a quest to find outlets to sell the paper, Desalio asked restaurants and cafes to make it available to them. And the uh, the story goes on from there, to, to the history of the uh, of, of the uh, relay routiers' seven uh, hundred odd restaurants or truck stops. It's French They're sort of. Well, they are truck stops but they're also licensed, it appears. And uh, some pictures of the food in the article that I received and um it doesn't look unappealing at all. I uh I think they do quite nicely for themselves. They offer a choice of four main courses which change every day. And uh this the article is saying that the uh the food is of uh, a world class high standard, simple but um and uh they go out of their way to keep costs low and it says here, just to quote again, at lunch the crowd you'll find in a routier is varied. Local workers, builders, travelling salespeople and others who are just passing through. Truckers used to stop at routiers for lunch as well but they no longer have time. Anyway, that sounds a bit like the uh, the Marine Hotel at Cardwell with all these people passing through, stopping for lunch. That's a popular trick. But anyway, same old deal. The trucks don't have time, but um, they press on through. Anyway, it's very interesting. Um, truck drivers in Europe have much more time to uh, do lunch, dinner or breakfast because they're only allowed to drive for 10 hours a day, I believe. Uh, I have a mate from, a Dutch mate that is now a true blue Aussie, Martin, and uh, he keeps me posted about what goes on, or him and his mates that he stays in touch with, that I've also become friends with. We, we share some info. But anyway, um, it's interesting that that, that, that a chain of, of what we would call truck stops uh, started in 1934 as attract, attracting international attention for the quality of their food, the friendliness, of their service and the, uh, their ability to keep costs low. Um, there's a lesson in that for a lot of us. Uh, it'd be lovely to see that sort of thing happening in Australia, but uh, uh, road roadhouses have taken a, a turn for the worse in Australia, With uh, and I suppose it's got a bit to do with having to cope with the likes of Maccas and KFC and Pizza Hut and all these other joints and, and Domino's, the cheap pizzas and, and their quick service. It just beggars belief that uh, our expectations don't change even though the circumstances do. Now everyone, you know, and there was an article in in, uh, Big Rigs I think last week or the week before where this lady, an owner driver from Toowoomba, headed from Brisbane to Adelaide and she uh, obviously landed in all the wrong towns at all the wrong times to be able to get something to eat and um, I think uh, anyone who regularly travels r- over through Cobar and Broken Hill to Adelaide or Perth understands that there's been a, a long succession of, uh, of problems at the uh, the Ampole or what used to be the Caltex at Cobar. Uh, Cobar is not an easy place to find staff because the mines compete for uh, anyone that's uh, able-bodied enough to be able to get to work and um, the money's much better in a mine than in a roadhouse, I should imagine. But... The other issue is that, uh, not everyone supports roadhouses the way they should be supported these days, and there's a number of reasons for that, I know. But it seems to me to be a little bit unfair that people expect a roadhouse to be open 24 hours a day. Okay, they might want fuel there, but they might not either in a place like Cobar, because we all carry plenty of fuel these days. But a lot of blokes, a lot of, not blokes, a lot of drivers, uh, they don't eat it, the rate houses anymore. They've got microwaves or gas stoves, or you know, and a lot of lot of blokes, a lot of drivers are carrying prepared meals with them. And um, I suppose it's for two reasons: one, it must work out cheaper, and two, it uh, it's probably quicker. But uh, I um, I just don't know that uh, I could uh, be happy just eating the, the dinner in my truck every night, and or. Uh, not being able to sit down to a proper meal at least once a day, which is what I set out to do when I was on the road. Okay, if you were caught up somewhere and couldn't make it in time, you, you, you had a cook-up in the parking area, in the parking bay. But uh, And often I made a cup of tea out of a thermos and had a bit of cereal for breakfast in the morning rather than have a big bang-up feed, but uh, at least once, mostly twice a day on the road. I And what I tried to do was patronise mostly, uh, where possible, any, any uh, houses that were open 24 hours a day because uh, as far as I was concerned, they needed to be open 24 hours a day for, for my benefit and, and, and not only the benefit of truck drivers, the benefit of all travellers. It's amazing who you see out in the road in the middle of the night when you think, well, maybe they'd be better off tucked up safe in bed. The issue is we've got all these people on the roads travelling now that are taking their food with them that they expect to be able to walk in and use the showers and sadly, some of them don't even bother to buy, buy a takeaway coffee or, a, a, you know, a couple of bottles of water or some soft drinks to take with them. They just uh, expect the, the uh, facilities to be there because, uh, you know, the oil companies are wealthy, big multinational uh, shows. But, well, the whole thing is a lot of the service stations are franchised and um, the owners necessarily aren't wealthy or rolling in it. And um, they deserve to be supported. Now I don't know if these relay routiers have showers for the drivers or not. It didn't mention that in the article, but uh, I really hope they do because they've got everything else you need, and um, they're obviously patronised well. So next time you're on the uh, on any road, but particularly the road from the Barrier Highway, from uh, going the, the the top road to Adelaide and across the paddock, um, bear in mind that if. Uh, whether it's you know Cobar or, or, or Broken Hill or Burke or anywhere, just bear in mind that they're doing their best. They'll be open when they can afford to be open, when there's enough traffic coming through to uh, cover the cost of opening. Because you know it's not only wages, it's power and it's 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 uh, uh, you know. And if you prepare food like most of them have a the bain-marie, which I don't particularly like bain-marie food, but that suits people who are in a hurry, obviously if it doesn't get sold it gets thrown out there's there's all sorts of rules about how long it can be kept there and all that sort of thing so you know it's a bit like needing to walk a mile in another person's shoes uh if you want the roadhouses to be there and if you want to be able to use their showers and their facilities and, and i understand that uh especially for uh lady truck drivers the uh the facility, you know, the bathroom facilities are important because a lot of the a lot of the uh, park and bays and rest areas are pretty basic or the facilities are non-existent at all. So um, just support the roadhouses, and um, if there's uh, a compliment to be given, give it, and if there's a complaint to be made, make it to the people concerned. Don't broadcast it all over the place on social media. The roadhouses need to pick their act up. I agree. But I think the industry itself needs to pick up, pick their act up and uh, support the roadhouses more because without our support and without our consideration, they won't be there. The more people that uh, patronise them, the less expensive stuff will be because it's all about supply and demand. If you're, if you're selling heaps of stuff, you can keep your prices down. But if people are just you know, coming along now and again, especially in, you know, and you have to remember that places like Cobar and, and, and all those places along those those roads, and it's even, even worse in the Territory and across the paddock and that, places like Cocklebiddy and Cuygurna and Balladonia and Norseman, they're, you know, they're very they're really expensive places to operate a business and we'd really be in trouble without them, but they do need to be patronised, so, you uh, if you keep driving past or if you keep just calling in for a free shower, we probably won't be able to complain about uh, them not being there at some stage or other. The other thing is that if there's any uh, roadhouse or truck stop operators listening, I'd love them to have a look at that uh, Relay Routier story. on a, um, It's in, featured on a, uh, an article called World's Table, published by the BBC. Best wishes to you all out there. And, um, yeah, let's work together to get things better and then maybe that lady from Toowoomba will have a more pleasant trip next time. Catch you later. This has been Bob McMillan. To
0: take us out of the show, here's this week's featured band once again with the smooth, soulful voice of the late Andy Durant. It stars with their most beautiful rock ballad West is the Way.
3: Windy trail on a mountain morning, dusty shoes greet the day. find a place where he sitting
0: brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.